That's too much sauce. That's too much sauce. Protect the police, the plain one. That's too much sauce. Hermes in the aim. That's too much sauce. They let me know before I was famous. I had too much sauce. All of my heels blow now. That's too much sauce. That's too much sauce. Who didn't have too much sauce? Game six, the Utah Jazz. <laughs> but now they are playing their first game seven in about 10 years, in 10 years. So with me now is Sasha Bloom. You guys, everybody knows Sasha. Then we have two jazz fans, diehard jazz fans with us. Blake Golding, Hector Garcia. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Yeah, thank you guys. All right, so uh, let's just go ahead and get right into it. Game six, did you guys watch? Yes. Yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Why unfortunately? Because that was like the worst I've seen that offense play, I think, all year. I mean, they picked a really good game to decide not to make jump shots. Was it their fault or the referee's job to make sure they couldn't do anything? Because <laughs> I'm not sure there wasn't a vendetta there with the NBA referee organization well, and uh, their general manager. I mean, they definitely – there was a team they rather win that game. <laughs> but I don't – that's not why they missed jump shots. I mean – what nah. Hood Hood had like I think he had four points or something like that and he no had, he had, didn't hit a single kept three. shooting Ingles not any points I mean Joe Johnson was shut down nine points I mean that's everyone it, was shut down yeah. they couldn't get anything to fall it, yeah I mean no one really played well I, Hill played all right and then I mean Hayward had thirty one but Hill Hill had a good game he yeah had, what, Hill played well points? I mean he, that's about it though and then Rudy did Rudy stuff but you know in the fourth he, he wasn't there which sucked but. Favors actually came and did okay when he, when he replaced him, and so yeah. I don't think that was necessarily the problem. It was just no jump shots. You couldn't hit jump shots, and you're not going to win. They shot 27% from three. I mean, <laughs> that's you're not going to win and shoot 27%. No. Do the Jazz have that player that's going to get them? You're down in the fourth quarter. Do they have that Chris Paul-like player that the, that the Clippers have right now that's going to get them to that next game? I still think it's Hayward, and I know that a lot of people don't. And cool. I he needs to become that player. I don't think he's quite there. I like, think he has the ability, but he doesn't have the mindset. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just something that'll come with with maybe. I think he's always been underrated and under like under like not looked at as as a star player. And I think it's made him himself not think that about him. So, so I think that's all it takes because he doesn't miss a lot of these, these big shots at the end. He just doesn't take them, you know. And, and that's what we've been kind of diverting to Joe Johnson, and he's been awesome so that's fine to divert to him but i think hayward needs to kind of take it upon himself because i think he can well i mean we saw it last game he won a, a 7-0 run when we're down by 14 or down by 11 whatever it was Just yeah little, that's little my problem late. and that's what i like to liked from hayward actually in game six you are demanding the ball more you want the ball in your hands uh towards the end of the game but i i just haven't seen that all year yeah, and well, it's just sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. He also needs to be doing that. Uh, what they went like four or five minutes without a basket. He needs to be getting the ball and making a decision then and there. For well, the, th- those runs of not scoring have happened a few times this series that have killed us, and that's exactly where he needs to decide. Three possessions in a row. I'm no matter what, I'm shooting this ball, and I they I don't know if that's as much the coaching staff. And actually, I, I think that sometimes that that's a bad mentality because you'll see guys. Games will get away from people because they have that mentality. Like Westbrook, those games with the Thunder, I thought he shot too much. And so there's a balance there because you don't want him to all of a sudden 
be chucking up bad shots, but it does feel like he could take a little more charge. But I think that's a total different story with Westbrook because he has no team. Well, yeah. He has no support. It's true, and and that's why I don't. I'm not necessarily mad at Hayward for not always trying to take over games because he doesn't have to. He actually has good role players. Now he didn't on Friday. There wasn't a single role player playing well. But yeah, but you have to look at Game Six as an anomaly because within the first four minutes, George Hill had two fouls, and then. Paul had three fouls within the first nine or ten minutes. And so the referees had dictated that game. That's true. And the Jazz, everyone talks about pace in the NBA. They're not a high-flying, you know, sideline-to-sideline team. But what they do have is exceptional passing, and everyone yeah. touches the ball. And so in those first eight or nine minutes when you're trying to develop a tempo and a pace for the rest of the game, or at least a half, and the referee is shutting you down every 90 seconds, yeah. you you're going to be stunned because timing's not going to be the same. You're going to already have broken your sweat and your the timing with your muscles and the whole game shot. The, the referees took the game out of that team six minutes into the game. But don't you think you have to be able to find a way to play through that? You can't. You can't. When, when you're getting beat up by DeAndre Jordan and Gobert tries to push back on him or even put his elbow on him just to get some room and he gets fouled, no, you can't because – then you're in the fourth quarter, and he's got five fouls. Favors not playing. Boris Diaw is looking old. You know, there's that game was, I don't want to say rigged, but it, <laughs> it had all the symptoms. Oh, Sasha. Yeah. Sasha with the conspiracy theory. Well, it's well, it's. I mean, we're, we're playing at altitude. What a coincidence, you know? To hey, let's let's slow the game down. Like, you, yeah. you, Chris Paul was clearly out of breath. You could see at the end of the first quarter he was huffing and puffing. So yeah, why not slow it down for them? I think it's embarrassing too that you even had to. Ha- we have, as fans, as them, as an organization, have to have this talk when Blake Griffin's not even playing the basketball game. Now, I think that team. I think Blake Griffin's obviously a great player, and that team they're better with him. But watching them play, it's almost like Chris Paul now gets to not worry so much about getting Blake his touches. I don't know how much it actually. I, I think there might be a better team losing Blake, but replacing him with someone different. Obviously, they're better with him than without him. But I don't love the way their offense runs where it feels like Chris Paul having the ball in his hand is a more efficient offense for them than trying to give Blake his touches because he's not a very efficient player in my mind the way he is now because he's not as athletic as he once was since his injuries. So he takes a lot of long jump shots. I mean, they're better with Blake Griffin, but I actually don't know if once he went out I was necessarily thinking this was a much worse team. I mean, I liked our chances obviously when he went out, but he's, he's not a very good defensive player, and I don't think he's a very efficient offensive player to be honest. A lot of long twos. But I don't know. That's if you don't have Blake, who do you replace him with? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's whoever they go in the offseason. But I think it would be – I think you surround um, them with just shooters. I think that team's a better team with – so a better def- – because you have DeAndre, uh, the roll into the basket, and, and kind of almost the way the Jazz are set up, where it's just a lot of shooters. Hayward kind of runs the offense with the ball, and then you have Gobert as your big man in the middle. I don't know if that team functions as well in today's NBA – with Blake Griffin and DeAndre on mm-hmm. the same team. And if Blake could learn to shoot threes, the corner three, which he hit a few in the series, and I think he's gotten better at it, I think that, that might make a little more sense. But I think in today's NBA, having DeAndre and Blake on the floor is not your best combination. It's been surprising to me, though. Um, I don't know if I should be surprised, though, but DeAndre Jordan hasn't really done much this series. Well, since Rudy came yeah, back. Yeah. He was awesome game, what, game two and three so without Rudy. props to Rudy because he has really shut down DeAndre Jordan's game. I, and that's Rudy's a great. I mean, they're they're very similar players in a lot of ways because he's also actually think shut down Rudy a little bit. I don't think Rudy's had as dominant of performances he's had all season. Um, against well, here's DeAndre. here's the big difference. 
DeAndre Jordan gets to go to the free throw line. Yeah, he can't make one. <laughs> it's true. But Gobert doesn't get that opportunity. There is such a bias in fouls in this series. I, I should look it up, and I will. <laughs> it's just like DeAndre Jordan, had he hit 60% of his free throws, the series would be over. Yeah. I mean, that's asking a lot for a guy who shoots 45% yeah. on his Luckily, career. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, the second he, lowest in NBA him. history. Yeah. This guy? Ben Wallace yeah. is the only guy that's missed, that had a worse percentage. <laughs> so bad. So I'm seeing on Twitter, one of, some jazz fan, I can't remember who it was, was just like, uh, just do the hack a hack a shack on DeAndre Jordan. Do you do that? Is that effective? I I like it when their rhythm's going. Like there was in the game two and three, or I, I can't remember exactly which games it were, but they, that the the alley oop to DeAndre was something they were taking advantage of big time. And it was Chris Paul and Hibbert kind of just dicing up the defense. I think if they start rolling like that, your best option is to maybe kind of take them out of the rhythm. And and that's I don't like using it as like a you know four or five possessions in a row. But I like to use it as as in the middle of maybe a run, you throw it in to kind of maybe get them off the rhythm a little bit. So I do like it as a strategy, but I do not like it as like you know three four possessions because then I think it gets your offense off rhythm as well. Yeah. So I think you have to be it careful. Slows with it slows down the game yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. And everybody it's just gets boring. Out. I'll tell yeah. you that. But it's not that it's it's still a good idea. So looking at Game Seven, there's a couple of good things that favor the Utah Jazz. Three of their players have extensive Game Sevens. Joe Johnson's been in seven of them. Boris Diaz's been in five. George Hill's been in four of them. They're playing at a stadium where they have a laissez-faire fan base, so it's not going to be super loud. It's very dark in there, so you know, it looks a lot smaller than the arena actually is. And the Clippers have tons of pressure. There's going to be a lot of firings. There's going to be tradings if they lose this game in their home court. Your thoughts on Game 7, peoples? Well, I think, I think for one, all they're hearing the whole last week is when they lose that because no one's thinking they're going to win any sort of championship but all they're hearing is when they lose get knocked out of the playoffs this team's gonna be broken up i mean that wouldn't be that's not necessarily the best thing to be going home and hearing all day long is that this is this team's gonna be blown up the coach might be gone where's chris paul gonna go i mean i think that their mentality is definitely a distracted one while the jazz i think are much more focused on just winning i think i think this season's already been uh a positive season, a good step in a direction for a young team that I don't think there's as much pressure on them. I do think losing game six and having the lead they had kind of adds more to it because to blow it now would, would, I think, hurt. But I still think as far as a team goes, we have a little bit less to lose. Well, if they lose, I mean, that, this might be the last time this group's ever going to play together. So I think Same with the Jazz. Them. Same yeah. with the Jazz, too. Well, that's a good Hayward. point. Yeah. That's a good point. I, it's Hayward, true. Hill, there's a couple of them. There, Ingles. It's it's it could be the same, but I don't think that that conversation is dominating the media the same way it is in L.A. That's because we have soft media in well, Utah. That, that, <laughs> yep. No, everyone's afraid whatever, to talk. Totally whatever the reason that. is, I don't mind as I long totally as it's not agree distracting. With that. <laughs> Too many people that work in media are kiss ass. Yeah, kiss ass. They're fanboys. It's kind of like you don't want to step on anybody's. I don't know if fanboy is the right word, but I, I know I a fear of being banned from the building. I'd say both. I'd say both, and it's like you don't want to step on anybody's toes and say the wrong thing. But it's like, dude, come on, you, you. I want the truth. Yeah. I don't want any. I don't know. I just don't want anything swaying kind of your decision of what you write, what you report. And I feel like a lot of that goes on here. But anyway, game seven. Hector. <laughs> what What is L.A. playing for right now? Um, like, where's their mindset? Because Dignity. you have the Warriors coming up. <laughs> we all know. I mean, who's, I think the Jazz have a better chance at beating the Warriors. And I hope 
that that's what happens. Uh, that'd be a much more competitive series. We saw in the regular season, the Jazz play the Warriors pretty well. And, I mean, with Blake Griffin out and the fact that, yeah, this team, this is probably the last time we're going to see the Clippers as is. I don't think I don't think they're all there mentally. It's all it's all it's it's on all their minds. Well, everyone's talking about home court advantage. This series home court advantage didn't mean crap. Nope. You have the Jazz won in LA twice and then LA won once, you know, here in Utah. So home court it doesn't mean anything to me in this series. And the numbers show that. So a lot of people are saying Jazz they're not going to win cuz they're in LA. Sashi brought up a great point about the fan base too, but if the Jazz if Jazz can get some of their fans can get the fan base out there quiet, or if they can get some of the fans on their side, they get things going, they get the momentum. The game is theirs. You just got to lock down and focus. And like Coach Q said, like one of the reporters asked um, after game six, you know, what's going to be your pregame speech for game seven? He said, game seven. That's my <laughs> that's my pregame speech. That's all I need to tell you, game seven. So you got to focus, lock it in, and just go in there and handle your business and go off to Golden State. Well, we saw, we saw in Game Five, uh, the Jazz had what like a nine point lead. Uh, L.A. comes roaring right back in less than what less than two minutes. Oh, I was then, heated. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the Jazz then they took it upon themselves. All right, you're gonna do that. We're gonna sh- we're gonna do it right back at you. Get another eight point lead. And uh, like Sasha was saying earlier, that they got some vets that have some Game Seven experience, and and the Clippers they have experience in the playoffs, but they also have a lot of losing experience. You know, I think they've they've lost some Game Sevens. So I think they might be – they have a lot of Jazz players that haven't been here before, and it might be more of an excitement and less of a nervousness. I think the Clippers, I really do think they've been here a lot, and they've lost these games a lot. And even if they've won playoff series, there's been some Game 7s that have been brutal to them, and I think that might also linger in their minds. It's sometimes Game 7 experience it could be bad experience, and I think they have a little bit of that. Do you think the Jazz have it in their head, we haven't had a Game 7 since 2010, or do you think that really bothers them? I don't think I don't think that's a factor. I don't think they think about that. I think they the it's not the ten year gap because they weren't here ten years ago. It's just that a lot of them haven't been there. But I think that I think it might be an overrated concept that well we've never played game seven. I don't know how to do it. Like like they're not gonna you show just up get and out there and play. Yeah, they're yeah. gonna play basketball. I think I, now I mean they've already missed shots in game six. I don't see that. I don't see them missing those shots mm-hmm. at the same rate at least. I mean twenty seven percent is pretty awful. So I think if they could hit if they get to thirty five percent on threes, I mean that's really the difference. Because we have to hit threes. The way our offense runs, you Here's can. the problem with three-pointers, though, and I've noticed this throughout the league all year because the three-pointer in the last two years has really evolutionized the game to something that was not recognizable 15, 20 years ago. And the thing is, let's say the Jazz are up by 12 points because I've seen this five or six times in person. They're up by 12. Gordon Hayward takes a three-point shot. It rims out. There's a transition. There's a quick two-point basket on the other side. Jazz get the ball, they come back, they shoot a three, they miss, it rims out, it goes back, and there's a three. So within two plays, there's a five-point flip. And at the next thing you know, those three-pointers become urgent, and the team's down by six points, and they lose the game. I don't think three-pointing shooting is a smart paradigm for NBA basketball at the rate that it is going. I think that it can be an instrumental thing, but I think you should leave it to the specialists, the Ingles, the occasional Hayward three-pointer, uh, the occasional George Hill, but shooting a three-pointer 30 times a game is insane. And you can go, if you really crunch the numbers and get stat geeked out, you can see that every team in the league has a handful of losses strictly based on their three-point performances instead of doing your job and getting to the rim. Well, that's because a lot of people nowadays try to live and die by the three. 
Yeah, it's Sports that, Center loves yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's true. It is. It's a less controllable variable, kind of yeah. like in, because you you're, you can miss. I mean, the odds of missing them is is or can be high. So if you start to get cold, it's not something you can just lie on all the time. You know, I mean, maybe unless you're the Warriors. I mean, they're they're kind of a freak of nature with the way they shoot it. But they're an exception. Yeah. <laughs> but when when you rely on them to win games, like I'm telling these these numbers that you need to hit to be able to win the game it's a lot riskier to rely on that than it is to rely on say low post play. But I mean, we, we don't necessarily have that ability of this current roster, but it's true in today's NBA. It's a good point where everyone's just trying to copy. I think the words in a sense, but it makes it so you live and die on it. And it's a very risky thing to have controlling your, the fate of your season or the fate of your games. So it's a good point. I, I agree. Utah's very familiar with that because of Jerry Sloan. He hated the three pointer. And he caught tons of criticism the last three or four years of them not advancing to the Western Conference Finals because they played pick-and-roll basketball instead of going out and hiring three-point shooters. So It's, it's, it's a factor. Like, you yeah. want shooters, obviously. I mean, they, they spread the floor. Thing. It helps. But to rely on it so much, it is – I mean, it, it can kill you. I mean, well, it really can. But when you have a guy like Rudy Gobert who can, he can get these offensive rebounds, I mean, why not take the shot? That's why he's a vi- valuable asset in today's NBA is for that reason right there kind of. But I, I wonder but if he still, even plays – I watched him walk out of the, from the locker room to his car. He's got he should have been on crutches. The man should have been on crutches or in a wheelchair, and he's gimping along. And he was laughing with his friends and stuff, but I, was, I looked at the man and said, you're playing in less than 48 hours on that knee, no way. What have they said? Have you, what are the reports? Have they, Quiet as that. Yeah, yeah it, there's not really much out there besides that it wasn't really that bad. But if you were there, like you said, and you were on the floor, so you, you see right up and He right went down close. and was it the fourth quarter and barely got his ass yeah. up? Yeah. yeah. And then just the reports that I've seen, like I said, everyone's saying it's not that bad. He should be good for game seven. Even if he's not, he has to play because it's game seven. Yeah. So yeah. that's the thing. Do you, do you risk playing him for a game seven? in hopes that you're going to advance to the next round against Golden State and save him for that? Or do you play him saying, you know, this is it. It's game seven. Well, you got to play him. He's, he's 24 years old. He's 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 a kid still. Like, he has the energy. He he's has a seven-foot-two yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, then, but then do you think ahead to the future? Because this is one of the guys that's going to be around your league, you know, your team for a, for a while. You invested so much money into him. Do you take that chance and let him play that game seven? And you, you know he's not a hundred percent. It's not like an ACL though. It's not like he's he's playing out there on. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a sprained ankle. They said what ne- X-rays were negative. So I mean, I don't know how much more. And you have the whole offseason. I don't know how much long lasting damage could actually occur from playing him. And I think it's one of those things you have to play him. Well, once you uh, he had a hyperextended knee, then he's well. got a sprained ankle. So his body he's already shifting weight to one side of his body, and he's already compromising his body's health. Oh yeah, I I never I told Brittany this two weeks ago. I was like, I wouldn't let him play in the playoffs after he hurt his knee. Yeah, I mean maybe that. that I mean you were an right athlete. Call. I'm sure that you, you, for those of you who don't know, you play Division One baseball for the University of Utah Utes, and I'm sure there were times when your elbow hurt or your wrist hurt, and then it traveled to your shoulder, probably went into your hip. Sometimes you'd wake up and your whole body would be gone. So yeah, I mean yeah. I had a, I had a. I had a herniated disc in my lower back, actually, uh, my second year playing there. And it does, it affects, I still have kind of lingering things in my upper right back and things because you kind of have to, you compensate in different ways. But at the same time, if I mean, if anyone would have, I, I wanted to play. Like, there's, there's you're not going to stop me. No, the, go the, better. And it's the yeah. same way with Rudy. Yeah. I, that's why I think, like, there's no way, it's seeing the way Rudy is. And actually, I love his attitude because I don't think we have, I think he's tougher than a lot of guys we have on the team. And I wish we had a little bit more guys with that mentality, even if it's to his detriment. 
I love that. I think there's no choice in the coaching staff. He, he's going to make them. He's going to play. And maybe you, you should be smarter and tell him no, Rudy. But I just I can't imagine telling him that and I how he would take it. I I think he's going to play because he's Rudy. I think that's that's how I look at it. Well, I was interviewing. I interviewed uh, Antoine Carr um, a couple weeks back. You know when they were in town for the 20 year reunion. Um, and he even said, you know what? There's no question. Like, we didn't question that when we played. You tape it up, you go in, and you play. Mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't a championship game, even if it wasn't in the playoffs, the finals, whatever. He was just like, there, yeah. there's no question. Game in January, yeah. Carl yeah. Malone's out of yeah. playing no matter what. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I – because I asked him. I, I was joking around. I said, are you going to go out and play tonight if they need you to play? <laughs> And he was just like, man, the way my hip is, he was like, I can't even walk. He said, but you better believe I will be out there. I, say, I, love, I love that's how he answered. Like, yeah. well, you know, I'm a little bit sore, yeah. but all right, I can, I can lace it up. He was like, yeah, that wasn't an excuse back then. We don't do that. That's why I'm so mad at Blake. Like, come on, dude. It's a toe. Wrap it up, put about three or four socks on, go out there and play. I'm, like, sh- I'm sure he loves hearing that from fans. <laughs> like, like well, come on, man, I'd play. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah would you? I would. <laughs> you got shoot. my toe? You know I'm how getting feels? all that money. I don't need a toe. Chop it off, and I'm going in to play. What was it was it Ronnie Lott? Isn't that the guy that freaking cut his finger <laughs> yeah. off? And then you just go out there and do it, man. I heard, I heard an interview with him recently where he's like, I, I kind of regret that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe I shouldn't have done uh, but that. all that money, he can buy another finger. Well, I, I don't know. Oh, money was different back then. <laughs> so... Have any of you three been watching East Coast NBA playoffs? I've been watching a lot of it, yeah. What are your thoughts? Because it's a very different game than West Coast basketball. Yeah, it's a little bit sloppier. Mm. <laughs> it's uh, it's They have no bench. A lot of these teams, just it seems like it's all starter heavy, whether it's the Cavs or the The Wizards color or... schemes are different, too, for the floors and the lighting, so it almost looks darker on TV, which I find very interesting. Yeah, there's there's no bright funny, yellows. Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. uh, the light blues. There's none of the purples. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's a different. It is a different game to watch, and I mean the quality is just not as high either. Although I say that, but the Houston like Thunder series wasn't a fun. wasn't a very. It was bad. Basketball. It was very bad basketball. I hated that watching that series. I was embarrassed for both Harden and Westbrook on that last game. I was like, "What the f- is this?" Sorry about my language. <laughs> Sasha, we said this is going to be a clean show. I'll believe it out. <laughs> I have an interesting question. Uh, we'll start off with Hector. If Gordon Hay- Gordon Hayward wants a ring, it's no it's no secret he wants a ring. Could you see him going to the East because their conference is a lot easier and he has a better chance over there getting a ring? Uh, I mean, you don't want him to. And, <laughs> uh, but if he really sits down and he thinks about it, he has, some, he has his core pieces here in Utah to do what he wants to do for the next four or five years. It's a very young team he's on. He's the leader. He's yeah. loved in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> he loves, he's loved in Utah. He's revered. Um, by who? I love him. The media. <laughs> the media loves him. Yeah, he's, he's he's he's. I mean, he's 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 a, a white, a clean cut white guy in Utah. Like, there's no better place for him. Um, and with a guy like Rudy, I just I love him paired up with Rudy Gobert. I think they can do a lot of damage in the coming years. Um, it, I I will admittedly though with with this new with the new bargaining agreement, all this money starting to pour in to the game. I don't know what that's gonna, how it's gonna affect rosters. Um, oh, a little twenty twenty two. If he resigns his full max next year, he'll make uh, what is it, forty four million dollars, forty seven million point two million dollars. Well, and it's in it's one di- season. It's yeah. different too if he's named to the third team All NBA. Yeah, yeah which he, he, he has a legit chance. I, 
I mean, it, would, it helps the home team. And that's key right now, actually. It really would That's help. the key right now. Yeah, I could see that fixed. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul there. George is in the exact same situation because he's going to be a free yeah. agent, and he's the other guy in that conversation, I think. He has a hell of a brand behind him, though. Like, a lot of people say that he's totally about his brand, maybe not so much about his team. And so he's got the huge Nike investments. He's got Gatorade. He's got all these huge companies that pay him a substantial amount of money that might want to bring him to a bigger market where he can have larger influence. You're saying Hayward doesn't have the same brand? No, no not at all. Not at all. But, I mean, he, I've seen some – he's got some local commercials that are pretty good. <laughs> yeah. What, he's got the, KSL. That, that, that mattress I like that purple commercial. Mattress, so I thought that Come was funny. Come on, dude. Do you, okay, are you going to see somebody like Paul George, Steph Curry, LeBron – like, are they doing purple mattress commercials? I mean, maybe. <laughs> Hey, that I, looks like a Let me know. <laughs> so if if uh Hayward leaves, let's think about the teams that are would have that type of money for him. They say Detroit might have a little bit of that money. The Knicks, after trading several players, would have that money. Uh Miami's definitely got that money. Celtics kinda do, but they I don't think they would pull the gun on him with a number one draft pick that they have. I, that's the one that scares me the most. I think Boston, because they have the best chance to win. So if he actually wants a ring, I mean, you, the other neat teams you just named, they're not. Is he good enough to be a role player? Away. Is he good enough to just shoot eight times a game and be content? I don't, you watch that Celtics team, though. I think he would get more. It's Thomas is obviously the other competition for shots. Everyone else, there's not a whole lot of scores now, but you're right. They have the number one pick coming or yeah. whatever it ends up being. So he's going to have to, I mean, whoever that ends up being, that's another star potentially that he's going to have to compete with. I don't know if he, I mean, maybe that's my issue with him is that I don't know if he, needs the shots as much and maybe that's why he'd be a good fit for Celtics and why I, I mean I would love for him to shoot more and, and I still think that's what he could be but he doesn't really seem like the kind of star player it's almost like he might actually enjoy having Isaiah Thomas take that load off him because okay. I remember sorry Britt, no, I remember before this focus came on to him of you're the man he was a hell of a lockdown defender I mean there were games where he would go and shut down Kobe Bryant and then he'd go and do it to Jimmy Butler and then he would go do it to somebody else, and he'd only score 11 points a game. I, I, still I like think he's a that good defender, Hayward better. But I agree. It's kind of funny, and I wonder how much of it is you just can't ex- have that same energy on both sides of the court. Oh, you, can't. There's, you can't. There's so few guys. That's why guys like Kwai are, are amazing. I don't know. Maybe it's just he's, maybe he's not going to keep it up. I don't know because he's pretty young. That's why he can do it now. But it's amazing to watch that guy play both sides of the court because no one else does it. Maybe – George kind of used to before the injury. I don't know if he does the same anymore. It doesn't seem like he's quite that same player. But there's no one else in the league that really plays that well on both sides. LeBron, and this is, again, why I think he's so great, is he does in the playoffs. I mean, that guy can turn it on. But there's not. There's really no one else in the league that I think can play both sides. And I agree. Maybe if Hayward took some a load off on his offensive side, maybe he could step up his defensive. Because at his position and his size, it's it'd be critical to have a guy like that playing uh, – good defensive minutes as well because he's still good but he's not what he used to be he's really long like he's got really long arms and his hips move well he's not the fastest lateral player but he can make up for it quickly and he can switch on a lot of guys which in today's nba is huge i mean he could he could really guard point guards all the way down to he even had minutes on blake griffin off switches that looked he looked pretty good on and you know what he takes a tremendous ass whooping on the floor too which is one thing i i never would have thought until working on the floor he and he gets up every single time, and you don't see him ever put his hands on his knees. He he doesn't look like a great athlete, but I think he's very. What are you trying to say? I think he, <laughs> I think that he's 
I think he's his cardio is phenomenal. No, I think he's in great know? shape. I, I I mean he's I think he's a he's a fantastic athlete, which is why that's part of what makes him so great. I think is he's he's very well rounded, both athletically, defensively. I mean, he can shoot. He, can, he handles the ball really well for a guy his size. And he's never had major body issues. I mean, dumb broken fingers here and there, yeah. but yeah, fluky, nothing things, structural. Really. So what flu? What was that? Uh, food poison? I mean, that uh, was that was stupid. <laughs> Come on, dude. Does yeah. no one know where? Do that you is? not have a chef? Like yeah. God, he does. So did you hear? He, so he does. He has a private chef in one night, which is are you kidding me? You picked the night before? Oh, you know he went to Subway. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a sound place. They, they never said where though. No one's ever reported where it was. No, did they? Somebody no said no. Zupas, but I, I highly do. I don't know. I love Zupas. It can't be Zupas. <laughs> so answer this yes or no. All I want is a yes or no. If you are an owner of any NBA team you want, and you have a chance to build a team, and do you say, I'm going to get Gordon Hayward and build my team around Gordon Hayward because he's a franchise player. Do you do it? Yes or no? That, I mean, yes or no? <laughs> yes or no? All I want is so a no, yes or no. We, You're the we, owner. Is this with every player this, available? This is the owner. You're the owner of you can decide whatever team you want. You have a chance, which is never going to happen in history. Like, this doesn't <laughs> happen. But you have a chance to build your own team from scratch. Do you say, I'm going to get Gordon Hayward and build my team around him because he is What are franchise. my options, though? I said in yes Utah, or no. All right. Yes, sure. It's <laughs> anywhere. You can be the owner anywhere. Well, but that's, there, if the, if, it depends on your options. And Utah doesn't have other options. And a lot of teams don't. You know, look at teams like Miami that you brought up. Like, they would love to build around Hayward, I think. Because right now, who else they got? I mean, what, Hassan Whiteside? You're not going to build around him. Like, I just think, I think it's, all right, I, you said yes or no. Yes. I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, I'm like, no, go ahead. It's funny. It, I, I knew you wouldn't be able to answer yes or no. I know. I, I just, <laughs> so that sounds pretty funny, but go ahead and finish. Well, it's just, it, you have to look at your options. I mean, yeah, sure. I would rather build around LeBron James. Yeah, if you give me the options, uh, I think he's a little more talented. He seems to be a his, little. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, LeBron is playing position one through 50 <laughs> right now. Like, no, there is, there is a lot of players I would take over Hayward, but if you don't have those options, then you have I them. Think, well, you have every option. So you're the owner. And do you say, with all the players in the NBA, do you say, I think I'm going to go get Gordon Hayward? And build my team around Gordon Hayward. Well, uh, everyone else taking the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Hector? You guys I are supposed Hayward. to be some diehard <laughs> jazz fans. <laughs> I love Hayward. I love him to death. But I'm gonna I'm gonna answer all the players in the NBA. <laughs> Stop looking at him. Okay. Like, no. like, it's like, okay. Let's, we sim- can't, let's simplify we don't have it. TV, Jimmy but. Butler or Gordon Hayward? Who who would you pick? That's tough, and that's I think that's where it's going to come down to on that third team NBA. I mm-hmm. think it's those three. It's George, Butler, or, mm-hmm. or Hayward. Because the thing is, Butler plays great defense, too. And that's why he's one of the few guys that does do it on both sides. Um, Hayward's a better facilitator, though. I think he's better helping the whole team as an offense than Butler is. I don't think Butler is the same as far as the way the passing that he that he brings to it as far as Hayward does and the dribbling ability. I, I would say Hayward, actually, because I think his— had a coach fired, allegedly— well, yeah, he yeah. seems like a bad. I don't know if he's a good teammate. I really don't. So I, I love that you always call allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would pick Hayward over Butler. I really would. George, it's tough because if he was the same player he was a couple years ago, I think it's George Easy. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if he's been the same guy since then. Marcus and, Cousins and oh, Hayward. 
Hayward. Uh, not me. What? No. Cousins is a loser, man. I love the angry. I love it. Yeah, but he loses all the time. But I I need some passion. Yeah, Vlade Divac as a general manager. (laughs) Well, yeah, 10 years to figure it out. Gordon Hayward, when he got in that scuffle with Chris Paul, what was it, uh, game five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the game, and they got into a little scuffle. I was like, "Go Hayward! Yeah. It's about time I see yeah, you with some passion." And I want to know what the heck he said. Well, how much has that passion helped Demarcus so far? It doesn't matter. It has helped me. <laughs> it has helped me believe in Hayward more. Like, well, yes, yeah. I want to see. I, it's true. That's why I say my Rudy. I think he's one of the few guys I see that from. Where like he seems to have kind of like a chip on his shoulder. I love the, like the finger wagging, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You don't see that from else on the team. And, Hood, uh, you know, Hill, Hayward, all these guys are kind of nice guys. They're kind of a little I'm bit... tired of it. It's Here, here's another fantasy draft since we're all talking in <laughs> illusions tonight. Number one draft pick for Hayward. Would you trade the... Let's say the Celtics get the number one draft pick. Would you trade Hayward for the potential to have a Markel Fultz or Alonzo Ball? Because I would do it in a minute. I would. I wouldn't even hesitate. You don't because all that experience that Gordon Hayward has, I, I'd trade him in a heartbeat. Lonzo... Excuse me, Lavar. What you would trade for Hayward? Or? Yeah, I would trade for Hayward. I, mean, I, I would trade for Hayward. What's the state? Is it a, a, the two birds in the bush, whatever that is? It's like <laughs> you, you don't know. I mean, that's it's an unknown. It's it's a risk. I mean, I think it's a very fair trade. Probably, I would take Hayward though. You stay out of cap Hayward. luxury nightmares by getting that's seven true. years younger. It's true, and that's what it, a lot of. That's why the Celtics actually. Uh, they're set up pretty well because of that. They got a good team, and they're going to have a young, cheap team in a sense with these with these. Yeah, because it's not the issue of paying Hayward twenty million dollars. He's a twenty million dollar man in this league. Is he a thirty five million dollar player? Is he a forty million dollar player? Because that's the reality of this contract. And I just I couldn't do it. I especially being a number thirty two market in media. Uh, you, I mean, you saw the Sunday crowd. It wasn't full. The, and the thing is, Jazz fans kind of piss me off a little bit because it's like jazz fans want to be die hard when everything's going right but it's just it i was in the arena and it just got quiet like when your team is down that's when you're supposed to be loud that's when you're supposed to get them going and jazz fans just leaving the arena early this the little boy behind me um there was one second left and he was just like and i loved it because he was like they were down five and then his grandma was like, all right, let's just go. And he was like, there's still time on the clock. There's still time, grandma. They can do it. And I was like, see, why are all fans like this? Like, obviously, they can't do it. But it's still, it's just refreshing to see somebody, you know, like, okay, that's my team. I can do it. Not just, I don't know, jazz fans are just iffy. Well, that's what we, we were row four in game four. Mm-hmm. And so we got upgraded from the upper bowl down to the lower bowl. And the guy specifically said, as long as you guys are standing See, I was so and being right. loud. I saw you the other day. And I know that we were talking because he looks. Oh, yeah. You, well, yeah. I did. Okay. Yeah, I was so there. I, was, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't real four. Well, because you were saying you go to games all the time. And yeah, I really yeah. haven't been able to go to that many this year. Yeah. But I was at game four, row four okay, with Hector yeah, here. That makes sense. And so we got upgraded from the upper bowl, I think, because of our energy. And like we were, we were pretty into it up in the upper yeah. bowl. So some guy brought us down. And we wanted to stand and cheer the whole time. We were like, that's sweet. They just but weren't doing people it. Around no, the, the local no. was no. In fact, they even they even asked us. I mean, we must have been pretty obvious or something. There were a couple different people said, "You guys got upgraded, huh?" Like <laughs> as, if, as if like we didn't belong. Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. Yep. But, and then yeah. another thing that bothers or what? me. I gave it away. <laughs> Why it's a especially during the playoffs. <laughs> there was shoes. another woman behind me, and she was asking people to sit down. Sit well, down that's for why what? We kept having to sit because we didn't want to be. Jerks and standing right in front of people. The thing is, I pay for these tickets 
I got upgraded. I'm cheering. Like, it's a playoff game. Well, he told us, you got to be down there. You got to stand up and you got to be loud. We're, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to do that up in the upper bowl regardless. Yeah. yeah. I swear th- there was two kids around us, and I it was almost like they were watching us cheer and be loud, and it's almost like they said, Father, can can we stand <laughs> and cheer like yeah. that too? It yeah. looks so fun. Why, why must we sit the whole time? And then by the end, they were finally getting into it. They started standing a little bit, but it was, I swear they looked at us like, can, can we do that? Yeah, they're looking that for looks dude, fun. Do it. Yeah. So what, what was that experience? I mean, you're getting to sit in $1,300 a seat tickets. It was awesome. Unbelievable. <laughs> I've never sat that close. I mean, I've had lower bowl tickets, which yeah. is a huge difference. I mean, yeah. I, I love it. The playoffs game but four. It was, it was one of the coolest nights. Like, it no, was so it, fun. It was a great game. It was a great experience. Yeah, this guy, I mean, we're, we're, we're ecstatic in the upper bowl. We get to our seats like, oh, we get the T-shirt. We get this little towel. And, like, we're just up there. <laughs> we're just animated. And this guy is like, hey, how would you guys like to sit in lower bowl? We're like, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah because the that's greatest what you need. We, they we need lost more it. people like you guys <laughs> we, to be down we, there. And the, whole, the whole way down, we're like jumping and like yeah, hitting each other, <laughs> like hitting the wall. Like, oh, my Wait, gosh. Was your sister there? Uh, she, she, yeah, not with us in that moment, oh, but she got upgraded too. Did she? Okay. So she, they got four tickets for us. Because I love your sister. I know. She's, she, uh, she was, she went crazy too. She needs to be a jazz girl. She <laughs> needs to be on the floor. Like, your sister has so much energy. Oh, that's and for I love sure. it. Yeah. I love it. She knows how to have a good time. That's so, true. so they get, they feed you guys and you get to go in the tunnels? No, and, we know. didn't get to do that. So, they got was, half the treatment of that. Yeah, ticket. yeah. We, I have done that before because that my, my, uh, brother's best friend. Uh, sells tickets for the jazz, and every once in a while he can help us out a little bit yeah. with that free meal, and it's pretty awesome. What's but his name? Mikey Bingham. <laughs> <laughs> What's his number? If you're buying, if you're buying jazz tickets, get it through Mikey Bingham. <laughs> so game seven has already actually started, or is about to start. Um, keys to the game, and will the Jazz be able to pull it out? I think. Uh, well, hold on. This is Hector speaking. So if anything goes wrong. <laughs> it's all Hector's fault. So go ahead. Yeah, no, you just like the Jazz. They're a slow-paced team. Just slow it down. Play your pace. When you're not making your shots, they're really good at making that extra pass. Uh, but yeah, if you're missing shots, call a timeout. Do something. You you can't be going four, five, six minutes without a basket. There's no way they shoot that poorly again. That's that's the way I look at it. You can't have two games in a row. I mean, that's the worst I've seen them shoot all year. I don't know if it is, but They've it's done the worst it I've the seen. Series. But not not that bad. That's the worst I've seen them shoot. It was they had a lot of open shots. Um, the Clippers were playing much better defense at the end, and if they can have that same intensity, which you would think they would, but that's not always the case with the Clippers, then it might be tough. But I, there's no way we miss that many open looks again. I mean, maybe Hood will miss that many because he hasn't made much this series. <laughs> but I just don't see. I don't see all of our role players playing that poorly again. It's just it, literally no one showed up. Hayward, Hayward, I thought played well and Hill played well, but there's no way everyone else doesn't show up again. I like our chances because I just don't. I don't think the Clippers have enough options on offense. They really they'll need Crawford has to get hot. I think and Redick mixed with Paul playing like Paul. I I just don't see them everything lining up perfect for them. Mm. I think that's what happened last game. I think that it was like the perfect scenario. The Jazz didn't shoot, and it still was a close game at the end, kind of, even though it didn't feel that yeah. way. <laughs> but it, Hayward did hit a clutch three. Yes, because he took it. Yes, because you know, he took when it. When he shoots, I think he he just he shies away from a little too often, maybe, but. It's it's better than being Russell Westbrook who's chucking eighteen shots in yeah. the fourth quarter and making two of them. I'll I'll trade I'll trade Hayward. Well, maybe I wouldn't trade Hayward for Westbrook, but I'll trade that kind of fourth quarter performance for the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd trade half no, the no, team. That's, right. <laughs> that's what I mean. I would, I would Westbrook. Yeah. I would, I'd probably take Westbrook, but he's, he's but talented. I I think the Jazz they need to stop 
the high pick and roll between Chris Paul, yeah. DeAndre Jordan. They keep getting killed off that pick and roll. I think that is one of the keys to them winning game seven right now, tonight. They have to do that. You can't get Chris Paul going. Once he's going, it I mean, it's a wrap. I want to see you get him frustrated. When he gets frustrated, it, it's done. He start, he's getting he mad. He, yeah, he's Gosh, crying. He he's crying for fouls. Like, I think I once love, you get inside I his head, I love seeing him get done. frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a player I enjoy yeah. watching get frustrated more than that I guy. love it. I he's love it. He's such a little baby. but <laughs> I love it. So I think, I think the Jazz have a great shot of winning tonight. And I, I promise you I'm not just saying that because we're in Utah. Like, Oh, I, I know. I really, you don't even yeah. like the Jazz. No, I don't. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm a, a go Lakers. But, I mean, <laughs> it's, Where are they at? How's their series Oh, looking? they're chilling. They're oh. chilling right now. They're, you know. No, they're sweating, hoping they get that third pick. No, they're, they're chilling. They're all good. We Those got Magic balls. Johnson. They're ratting out we, star players we is got, what they're doing. I know, right? We got Magic Johnson. He's like, every everything is all good when you got Magic. Okay? <laughs> it's all good. But Jazz, I think, will take game seven. And then you will see them against Golden State. Yeah, Sasha. I'm excited about that. <laughs> so in closing up here, Jazz are wearing their green uniforms tonight against the Clippers. The whole arena is changing to dark blue next year. Blue seats, blue everything. This is the last time we see those great green jerseys. No, we'll see him against the Warriors, too. You're, you're... <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, nice. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, dude, I don't know. It's... <laughs> oh, yeah. What are your thoughts about the, the improvements that they're doing with the Vivint Smart Home Arena? Oh, I, as for for the fans, I am stoked. I am. St- Why? You got all these food options. It's going to be just a different <laughs> yeah. atmosphere. No, yeah, there's some real good yeah. food coming in. Yeah, J Dogs. Yeah, yeah. Cubbies. Um, I'm excited R&R, about that. R&R, I think yeah, it's coming. Yeah, yeah it's, so. it's, it's going to be a true. I think it's going to be a fan experience. You're going to want to go an hour before the game starts just to go and hang out and like. Those green yeah. seats have been there for 30 years, though. It's That's time. a big it's, change. It's well, so it's true that the, that will be weird to not see those because they are they are beautiful. But uh, like the the exterior renovations, I'm excited for that big time. I think. Are you gonna buy one? Because I'm sure they'll sell them. Oh, I'm sure they will. I don't know. Depends how much they are. Yeah. <laughs> You're an engineer. Come on. <laughs> you guys whoa, whoa, whoa. got money. <laughs> buy me one. No, it is crazy. A young engineer. My entire, my entire life, I've been sitting in those seats. Yeah. And yeah, I have. It is kind of cool to think about the history of those seats. Like, It'd be fun like, to put them in your backyard. Yeah. Right? Oh, it'd be sweet. Yeah. yeah. That'd be really cool. Well, if anybody wants a seat, just hit you guys up on Twitter. <laughs> Where can people find you guys on social media? Uh, so, yeah, my handles on Twitter and Instagram are at Hector O. Garcia. And mine's at GoldenBoy34. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you want to talk trash, hit them up that way. Uh, don't talk, talk trash to me, but you can find me on Twitter at ABC or what's my Twitter? B Johnson ABC4. <laughs> Sasha, where can people find you? It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Sasha, everyone loves you. I've tweeted four times, I think, Sa- in my entire life. So. Sasha <laughs> thinks that people don't like him. And, you know, Sasha, you're kind of oh, salty. Oh, it's not that. I don't mind if people don't like me. Sasha. Obviously. <laughs> 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 the jazz. <laughs> That's All right. right we, I said it. I get out. a paycheck. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to just drop. Can I drop the mic? Go Lakers. <laughs> yeah. from Inglewood to end up here, right here on the big stage.